The Poor Knight, a fantasy musical podcast suitable for all ages, brought to you by Fool and Scholar Productions. Follow Nathaniel the Poor Knight and the friends he meets along his journey as he's bitten by a wereman and must break the curse before the full moon. Listen to The Poor Knight wherever you get your podcasts or learn more at foolandscholar.com. This story is a fairy tale, but not the syrupy sweet kind. It has teeth and parts of it are scary. Suggested listening to ages seven and up. And if you're a grown-up still protecting a child within, this show's for you too. Realm presents a Dagaz Media production of Fae and Fiends, an original story for audio by Fred Greenhalge. Episode 9, Full Circle. It's five minutes before midnight in our world, and Aunt Debbie sits next to Grandma Nora's hospital bed, trying to get Grandma's mind messed up so that the mama brainworm will have an easier time taking over. See, Aunt Debbie has thought about this night for a very long time. When the gate opens, it will be Aunt Debbie, not Carlo, who will lead the goblin armies from the realm of Fae into our world. It will be Aunt Debbie who will combine Fae magic with the power of the brainworm to rule both worlds, Fae and human. She will imprison the Fae Queen and take the World Tree for herself. She will take New York, London, Cairo, Beijing, Melbourne, and Sao Paulo. The thoughts of how she'll use her coming power have kept Aunt Debbie entertained for nearly 60 years. But now that the moment has nearly arrived, Aunt Debbie gets sentimental. She tells Grandma Nora a family secret. You know, before your fair Jack passed away, I told him a story a lot like the one I'm telling you now. What? 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 Oh, you didn't know I was there. Of course I was. I'd be a fool to miss the show, don't you think? Why, there were a good ten minutes we just sat there together, quiet in the woods, while his blood drained out. Oh, I told him stories. I love spinning a good yarn. I told him about how the Greenway side of the family always had the gifts of the Fae, but that our side had gifts too. We had the gifts of the worms that lived underneath our fallow fields, ever chewing through the plant roots, worming their way into our cows and pigs. I told Jack how what happened to Carlo that night all those years ago was really my idea. Carlo had the glow in his eyes, that's for sure, but he needed someone to plant the idea in his head, and that was me. I promised Carlo to the worms, and the worms got to go to Fay, a place they wanted to go for a long, long time. <laughs> you didn't think it was coincidence Carlo came across brain worms in the Goblin King's court, do you? 
Oh, you should have seen the look in Dear Jack's face when he realized how badly he'd been had. He even, do you believe this, asked me to help him. (laughs) And I could have, you know. The worms love to devour things, but they can also fix things up. After all, how do you get things clean unless you have worms to eat up the decay? But I let him bleed out, and I finished my story. I told him how I would spend the next decades of my life biding my time, watching over his widowed wife and daughter, waiting for the right time to murder them both and give the worms what they've always wanted. And you should have seen the look in his eyes when his heart finally gave out. (sighs) That man. Now, dear Nora, we can put all this waiting behind us. Look at the clock. A few more minutes to go. Mother is almost here. Thank you, Lizzie. You made this very easy for me. (laughs) Bye-bye for now. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, no. What just happened? No, 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 no. Lizzie, Kyle, and Garrett stare at the center of the Ring of Symbols. Seconds ago, this held a gateway to Lizzie's world. But now it's closed. Just bare, boring stone again. No worm, no Carlo. When the three friends get over their shock and look up again, they see the hundreds of goblins staring at them. Lizzie, step close to me. Don't any of you, don't move. I've got a sword. (sighs) With cold certainty, Lizzie realizes this is the end. They thought Carlo was the bad guy. But by being so focused on him, they instead helped turn him into something much worse. And that worse thing got away. And now they're about to be killed by the goblins. Except... (laughs) Do you feel it? It's gone! Everyone! The thing in your head! Gone! And who brought it here to begin with, Grand Vizier? Your schemes against the rightful king, El Rahadnath, provided fertile ground for the fiend to take over. Our past king had his faults. We only used our right to protest. Sir! I protest you mean take secret meetings in the dark and talk of betrayal. El Rahadnath never sought to sell us out to a warlock, nor to turn the Fey into enemies. It's high time the magic users be exterminated from the Goblin Keep. Warriors, join me with your blade. If it must be so, then warlocks, stand beside me with your spells. It will not be the first time we have fought for a throne. Carlo is gone, and the brain worm is out of all of your heads. What else does it matter? Plus, the worm escaped. 
<laughs> what of it? Let that other world burn! Uh, for once, we agree. Don't you see? Our, our worlds are connected. If we let the worm destroy their world, it'll come back to ours next. It needs to be stopped for good. <laughs> Who are you to speak to the Grand Vizier and the King's God anyway? This is my child! And they speak the truth. Doesn't your mind feel clearer without the worm inside it? Can't you see what it's been doing to us all? We are gladly rid of the pest, but that does not mean we get involved in the affairs of these creatures. I would say you are all fairly involved. The room silences as another creature enters. Not goblin, not unicorn, not human, not weasel, but fairy. A fairy? How? How did you get here? Our warriors conquered you. And were defeated. When the worm's power broke, the Goblin Legion in the Fey Kingdom laid down their arms. The World Tree is ours again. This girl, Greenway, left a magical trail so obvious that a novice could have followed her portal back. I came on behalf of our queen to seek safe passage for her honored guest. They are yours. Wait a minute. We suddenly forgive the Fey all their transgressions? Were we not just moments ago locked in combat? Your ill-advised attack on the World Tree was defeated. You best accept it before our attitude becomes less forgiving. I hope you're prepared to fight anew. I will raise an army here so fast that your goblin kind will never... (laughs) What? The portal which closed behind the Mother Brain Worm reopens, and suddenly creatures are pouring through. They're brain worms, but not like the hidden shadow things that live in people's minds. These ones are huge, snarling monsters, like the Mother Worm herself, all rings of teeth with slithering, snarling bodies. The scene moves almost in slow motion. The goblin warriors move to raise weapons, but nary a hand reaches a handle before the worm swallows them. The wizards start to cast spells, but they don't have enough time to speak their magic words before the worms overtake them as well. The Grand Vizier and the King's Guard are among the first to fall. Garrett moves to grab their blade, but Kyle stops them. The Fey Envoy snatches all of them before they have a chance to join the fray. This is not our fight! I would have to agree. Lizzie! Lizzie hears her mother's voice. Her real mother this time. And suddenly it's all quite clear. It's not her friend's fight, but it's hers. It Lizzie, not again! Lizzie darts out of the Fey Lieutenant's arms, past the brain worms, and into the portal. She doesn't know where she's going or how she'll find her mother. But she knows for sure this is the only way to save her. Kyle, it's time to try this enchanted blade on for size. Hey, one breath! Come get some!
This egg cream is delicious. I wish the chocolate syrup inside wasn't so expensive. If you'd like to save some shekels and have some fun at the same time, make sure you tune in to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Lizzie! Lizzie! Here! Lizzie's running down a flight of stairs, not unlike the spiral staircase that led up from the cursed labyrinth, except she's not in the Goblin King's castle anymore. She's in the world between worlds, a place where the brainworm already has absolute power. As she runs down the stairs, worms fly by her in the hundreds, the thousands. Any of them could devour Lizzie, yet they rush right past her. They're saving you from her mother. You're dead. When, when mother, mother takes you, you live forever. Get out of my head, Carlo. Lizzie closes her eyes and with great force pushes her great uncle Carlo back out of her head. I won't. I belong. You're mine. No. No. You. No. Lizzie's head is clear again and she opens her eyes and she's not on the staircase anymore. She's at the bottom of the wellspring. The empty wellspring, where this story started, and where the story will end, one way or another. Lizzie! Mom? Lizzie looks at her hand and realizes she's holding the heartstone wand like a sword. For a moment, she hesitates. How can this tiny little stick and a sliver of rock do anything against what she has to fight? But she knows she has to go on, and she has to save her mom. Let me see your face. Lizzie's at the bottom of the wishing well, but it's not the wishing well from the real world. It's one from her mother's dreams, the one that has haunted her mom all these years and kept her from coming back. She sits at the bottom of the well, holding the dead body of her dad, Jack, Lizzie's grandpa, in her lap. I could have stopped it, Lizzie. If I was a good girl, if I'd only done what Daddy told me, none of this would have happened. You'd still be alive. Mom. Mom, we've got to go. Dr. Sparrow told me none of this was real, but he lied. I told him this would happen. I've been dreaming about it all my life. We're stuck at the bottom of this place. I'm holding on to Dad, wishing I could wake him up. Then we hear a fiend from down the halls. Screaming. We have nowhere to run to. Then we hear another voice. Shrink. Oh, Sweet shrink. Where are you, honey? Your Aunt Debbie has some parting wisdom for you. I told your mother we'd find her down here. There is only one place she was ever going to go. I told him how we cower in here with nowhere to go. Then I put down Daddy and I take you up in my arms instead as they come closer. Oh, and I can hear the slithering of the worm creature. In the footsteps of my aunt. My aunt who could have made things different. In my nightmares, this is the part where I wake up. But I know that one day it's going to be real. And I'm not going to wake up. I'm going to have to watch everything that happens. Everything that happens. This is the moment where Lizzie decides everything will. Everything must change. Mom, stop feeding it. What? Stop feeding it. What? How? It's then that Lizzie realizes that the calm place she's found, which powers the Hearthstone wand, 
isn't her mother at all. It's Grandma. What did Grandma always tell you to do if you lost each other? Shree! <laughs> Sweet Shree! It's time for you to meet Mother! Up close and personal. Oh, I don't know, sweetie. Where did she tell you to go? She... she told me... she... she told me it couldn't hurt me. But she was wrong, Lizzie. It can. It can hurt you, but it can't devour you. Not if you don't feed it. What... what happens, Lizzie? It's so terrible. So terrible. You, you can change what happened. It doesn't have to happen again. <laughs> you hear that? You can scream at us all you want. You can gnash your teeth. You can put whatever you want into our brains. But you can't have us. I will. I will. Lizzie holds the Hearthstone wand aloft. It's shaking, shimmering, glowing, hot red. So hot it burns her hand and she would drop it if not for the iron will that keeps her holding it aloft. No! Who are you to say no to me, little girl? I'm Lizzie Greenway, daughter of Cherie, granddaughter of Nora. Cherie is lying there helpless. Nora's in a coma and you are but a little girl. What can the Greenway clan do to stop this? We can do plenty. It's Grandma Nora, looking as strong as she ever has, staring defiantly at Aunt Debbie. No! How? You open gates between worlds. Not just brain worms can get through. And Lizzie, you held yes. up a bright torch for me to see. Shereen, my darling girl, stand up and join your mother. I can't, Mom. Look what I did. Hear me, Shereen, and hear me well and with the full power of this place and the truth burning in your daughter's heartstone wand. It was not your fault. You didn't kill Daddy. It was an accident. We loved Jack, but you've got to let that body go. You have to come out of this well once and forever. I... Take my hand, Cherie. Cherie hesitates. But then, the magic works. The body of her father vanishes beneath her, and she stands strong, taller than Lizzie has ever seen her. Cherie walks forward and joins hands with her mother on one side, her daughter on the other. Thank you. Now, Debbie, attempt to strike us. Let's see what you can do against the Greenway clan. Now, the brainworm lunges, attempting first to devour Cherie. But its mouth doesn't work. It simply passes through her like a ghost. It goes for Nora next, then Lizzie. But I cannot feed on them anymore. No, 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 no! What did you do? What did you do? Aunt Debbie and the worms start screaming, ripping that in-between world apart at the seams. And Lizzie, Mom, and Grandma all realize their moment in the in-between place is at an end. They share a smile, a happy smile, and then the world around them explodes.
The gate in Carlo's court opens long enough to spit Lizzie back through it again, then dims forever. All right, where are you? Any more ones? Where are all Lizzie! Lizzie! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Lizzie! Oh, perfect time, Lizzie! You missed literally everything! Uh, 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 I'm I'm back! I'm back! What happened? Where is everyone? Oh, you missed a battle for the ages! The goblins and the fae quickly forgot their differences once the armies of the brainworms came through. There is so much blood spilled and no one knows from which species it came, nor does it matter. But what matters is that fae is saved, the portal closed, and that is thanks to you. And, and I'd say my fancy sword work had something to do with it as well. Yeah. Shut up, Garrett. Well, I'll compose my own ballad then, since I clearly won't be included in yours. The great battle of the worms began, and through the sword of Garrett they ran. It was the weasel prince's daring do that won the war of Goblin too. I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> sorry? Sorry, why? Your horn, it's gone. Gone? Oh, well, yeah, I suppose it is. I, I've lived so long without it, I hardly miss it. But, but, but I, I used it to kill Carlo, my, my own great uncle. Even if he was a bad person, uh, I hurt him and opened up a portal for the worm monster. It's okay, Lizzie. We made things right in the end, didn't we? But you'll never be a unicorn again. Well, I've been thinking about that. I never was not a unicorn. I was missing a horn, sure. But did that make me ever less a unicorn? I still did magic. I still <laughs> helped people. I still made friends with a wonderful girl. You. And now you get to stay in your world. That's right. And now we've got to get you back to yours. Uh, somehow. There's someone I know who might be able to help us. Yeah? Oh, yeah. She's really special, this one. Most people in Fae consider her a, a goddess. Really? Yeah. Can I meet her, too? Oh, hey, it's our goblin friend. You, you made it. I found a bag of handiness and hidden side of it. Oh. Do you want it back? It has some pieces of heartstone in it. Please, take it. I don't think I'll need it where I'm going. Well, then that settles it. We have a long journey ahead of us. We can't just use a magic portal? Not this time. I would like to tell you all about the friend's journey back to the World Tree. About all the adventures Lizzie had with Kyle and the goblin kid, Leonard, who quickly became her friend too. Leonard helped them through the barren borderlands of the Goblin Kingdom and taught them foods that were good to eat, even for humans. And it wasn't long before they came across Garrett again, this time when the weasel saved them from being nabbed by a desert salamander. The beauty of Fay you can hardly describe. There are colors there which don't exist in our world, things more vibrant than the sunset and deeper than the ocean. There are creatures there that speak a language that resembles the wind. 
and many places, if you're quiet, will teach you a magic spell. I would like to tell you of all the adventures they had, the skirmish with the dragon, a small one, and the riddle match they had with the troll Wittershins. Oh yes, they met him again. And how all of these things paled in comparison with their return to the great wood and to the world tree, to the beating heart of Fay. I would like to tell you all this, but our time now is nearly at an end. And there are things I need to tell you yet. So, we go now to Lizzie's second visit with the Fairy Queen, the one who holds dominion in the court of the World Tree, the one whom the Fae folk consider a goddess. And so do I. You may all rise. It is I who should bow to you, dear Lizzie. Your actions saved all of Fae. But I let the goblins in. The goblins nearly destroyed the world tree. The roots of the world tree had grown rotten. Our ideas had turned us into fiends as horrible as those we feared. You are the goblin envoy, I understand. I'm but a shepherd, queen. You are much more than that. The Fae will escort you back to your land and help to rebuild after the terrible loss caused by Carlo and the Brainworms. I hope that in this rebuilding, we will also rekindle friendship. The journey will be slow, as we still must take the mountain route. But I have spoken to the dwarves and the gnomes who are excited to build a new bridge across the chasm so that travel between our realms will be easier. My hope is one day the realms will feel as one. Fay and Goblin, Troll and Wyvern, Gnome, Dwarf, Elves. We must be vigilant against monsters like the Brainworm and protect the realm that feeds us and brings us life. Thank you, Queen. Yes, Queen. That is a title I won't hold much longer. I think it is time for queens and kings to be gone. But one thing at a time. Garrett, fair weasel, mm-hmm. you're owed a gift from the treasury. Nay, queen, I have found fortune enough. My friend Lizzie. <laughs> Indeed. May I offer you something else then? Uh, your name in a storybook? What's that? Hi. Oh, you, Cassandra, you set the world tree alight. Yet I'm told they want me to craft a chapter for you in the Great Fae storybook. (gasps) Truly. (laughs) Your contribution shall not be forgotten, Garrett. Oh, why? (laughs) Delightful! Wait till Mother hears of this one! Yes, yes indeed. Now you, Kyle, the unicorn. I know I cannot have my horn back. I have made my peace with this. It is not about your horn. It's about your relations. My... my what? We have been searching high and low throughout Fae for sign of the unicorns. And I believe we know where you may find them. 
It is a long, difficult journey, but with time... Yes! Yes, 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 yes! I shall go straight away! Excellent. Which leaves you, dear Lizzie, the Fae's heroine. I wish I could tell you what you wish to hear. What do you mean? The gateway between your world and ours grows thin at the solstice, and the sacrifice of your uncle carved a large hole throughout our worlds, a hole which you sealed back up, which means getting back to your world will be difficult. Without the stewardship of the greenways, the roots of the tree portals have grown weak and brittle, and what with the battle with the goblins... <sighs> I don't know how crossing into your world is to be done, other than to ask you to wait. Wait? For how long? You may have anything you wish from our world. Treasures, land, training, and any variety of magic. We can give you all these things. Uh, perhaps they will make the passing of time less painful. How much time? It will feel like a century, dear. A century? I'm sorry. Our hero. We can offer you any gift from the realms, save the passage home. Then perhaps I can help. <gasps> Grandma? My body is leaving our world, Lizzie. Which means there is a narrow window. A slight crack in the veil. I haven't gone all the way back to our world since we fought off Debbie. So instead, I've been here, listening for your voice. I can help you cross back over just this once. And that's it? You won't be able to come back here anymore? You might be able to visit. Some years from now, if you help feed the wellspring. In 30 years, if you guard it well, you might even be able to cross over again. At least for one night. It is your choice, Lizzie. Our offer is true. You may stay in our world with all the gifts we offer. Or take your grandmother's invitation. I, I can't leave my mom by herself. I have to... I have to grow up. But I'm going to miss you. All of you. Especially you, Kyle. Oh, thanks, Lizzie. Thank you for everything. Thank you, too. And thank you, Garrett. Oh. I'm still glad I went for that wyvern egg. Well, go on. Get out of here. People will miss you. Yeah, they will. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Lizzie. Are you ready? Yes. Take my hand. Lizzie took her grandmother's hand. And with it, one last look at all her friends, at the majesty of the Fairy Queen. And then, she was home again. Grandma. Oh, Lizzie, when did you get here? I, I've been here all, all along. You have, of 
course. Of course. Sorry, I'm not thinking right. Here, give me a hug. Thanks, Mom. We're gonna miss her. It's okay. Shh. Somehow I feel like she's not gone that far away. Like, part of her is in a place that I know really well. Yeah, I feel that too. Things are going to be different, Lizzie. I made a big mistake keeping you away from here. From home. I'm sorry. It's time for us to remember who we are. For all of the adventures that happened in Fay, Lizzie remembered that moment most of all when Grandma Nora really did cross over from our world to where Grandpa Jack already was. She remembers that moment like a photograph. The smell of the hospital bed sheets and the really strong cleaner they used on it. The sound of the medical equipment, the sharp squeak of wheels out in the hallway. It is the opposite of Faye, a place that is sharp, bright, and sterile. But it is the place where goodbyes are made so Lizzie remembers it down to the very last detail. Once upon a nearby time, a girl named Lizzie, who was just your age, and her mom, said goodbye to their grandmother and moved back into their family's old farmhouse. I would like to tell you about all the years Lizzie and her mom lived in that old house and all the times they brought offerings to the Portal de Fay, which had been abandoned in Lizzie's mother's time and closed off in the battle with Carlo. I could tell you so many things, but I think you know already why I'm telling you this story now. Tonight is the full moon on the summer solstice, 30 years to the day since I came back from my first strange journey the day I have made preparations for since that time so long ago, when I was your age, and I was forced to fight my family's fiends. I've realized I spent all the years between then and now preparing for tonight, for the night a Greenway might be able to return once more to Faye. Come on, Glendora, don't be scared. Are we going to meet them, Mom? Garrett, Kyle, the Fae Queen? Not me, darling. I'm too old to enter the portal. But as for you, yes, there's so many people you need to meet.
Ophelia and Fiends was written, directed, and produced by Fred Greenhalge. Executive producer, William Dufries. Associate producer, Casey Turner. Script consultant, Kat Howard. Sensitivity consultant, Elena Fernandez-Collins. You heard Marie Lane as Lizzie. Shannon Campbell as the storyteller. Dustin Tucker as Kyle the Goat. Ella Moak as Garrett the Weasel. Casey Turner as the mom, Cherie. Kim Dakin as Grandma Nora. Michael Dix Thomas as Grandpa Jack. Peter Burkrod as Uncle Carlo. Karen Lund as Aunt Debbie. Michael Dow as Medic 1. Christine Marshall as Medic 2, Garrett's mom, and Faye Althea. Chloe Koloski as Young Cherie. Lisa Boucher Hartman as Ghoul Tree, Cockatrice, and Water Elemental. Colby Elliott as Wittishens the Troll and Cecil the Gnome. Dalton as Kimball and Gary Hauger as the Wargs and Goblin Soldiers. Gregory Hauger as Young Carlo and Additional Goblins. Katie Gall as Wyvern Song. Maya Williams as Wind Elemental. Burke Brimmer as Dr. Bronson. Carrie Ann Loomis as Nurse Carly. Mariah Bergeron as the Fae Queen. Jessica Rainville as Fae Cassandra. Chantal King as Fae Lieutenant. William Dufries as Giant, Goblin Supplicant, and Goblin Elder. Dylan Chestnut as Goblin Kid. Rachel Flanger as the Brainworm. James Herrera as Goblin Wizard. Tony Riley as Goblin Warrior. Ozma Caston as Glendora. And additional voices by the cast. Recorded by Fred Greenhalge on location at the Dear Old Farm in Berwick, Maine, and at Mind's Eye Productions in South Portland, Maine, both of which are traditional territory of the Wabanaki Confederacy. Assistant Director, Casey Turner. Production Assistant, Jessica Rainville. Dialogue Editing by Grace Waldron. Sound Design by Rory O'Shea. Additional Sound Effects by Mind's Eye Productions. Main Theme, World Tree Theme, and Carlos Theme by Peter Van Riet. Original Score by Frank Schulmeyer. Original Cover Art by Bethany Greenhalge. Episode Art by Simon Adams. See this amazing art, learn more about the world of Fae and Fiends, and see behind the scenes of the recording process at our website, feyfiends.com. That's Faye, F-A-E, Fiends, F-I-E-N-D-S, dot com, feyfiends.com. Special thanks to the cast and family, and to Neanna Greenhalge, who listened to countless early versions of this work and made it better by constantly asking questions. A Fae and Fiends to Dagaz Media Production, dagazmedia.com. best content for kids is both entertaining and educational. And with 5 for 5 Trivia, not only do kids get to learn from each week's brand new theme, they also get to challenge themselves by playing trivia. A Parents' Choice Foundation Silver Award winner, this fast-paced trivia podcast is perfect for kids ages 6 to 12. It's released five times a week, so it's a quick addition to your daily routine and a fun challenge to get five out of five right on trivia topics like animal sounds, time travel, fictional ghosts, and underwater exploration. So get your high fives warmed up and check out Five for Five Trivia, available wherever you listen to podcasts.